Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Hey, what's going on? Welcome in to another edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Network, sponsored as always by our friends at Bet Online. My name is Nick Kirby, and we are so excited to have you with us tonight as we talk about the Cincinnati Reds. They just finished a game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Fortunately, Reds were 7 Nothing losers tonight, but overall playing pretty well. 17 and 14 in their last 31 games. Not sure if our host Tim Daniel is going to join us tonight. Honestly, we think he might have fallen asleep. <laughs> so if he comes in, that would be great because I'm not prepared to host, but I will do my best. Uh, I am joined by my good pal. You know him, Carlos Guevara. What's going on, my man? Not much, man. Just uh, sorry you guys got to stay up so late. Hey, I mean, this is uh, this is prime time for me. <laughs> well, Carlos, good to see you. Missed you last week. Uh, but we got a big-time guest tonight. I've been wanting to get Ken on here for a long time. This is uh, Obscure, former Reds, the famous Twitter account. Uh, met up with Ken for a thrilling Reds Pirates game uh, beginning of May and uh, invited him on the show. Ken, welcome to Late Night Reds Talk. Hey, thanks for having me. At, at least the Reds did us a favor tonight by not scoring any runs, got the game over a little faster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it could have been worse, you know, when, when a game doesn't start <laughs> till you know, 8.30 in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, you, you could have one of those, uh, you know, four-hour thrillers. Hunter Strickland made it interesting at the end. Um um, we were we were wondering Oof. if the NBA finals were going to end before. And I think I was I was watching and uh, it took Hunter Strickland six NBA minutes for, to get one out. So um, <laughs> Oof. that's your your inside info. But I did want to before we jump into the conversation tonight, let you know that we are presented by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's Basketball Championship Finals, also known as the NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the Fighting News, and even next year's NFL Futures. Head on to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B-L-E-A-V. Bet online is where the game starts. And uh, killing me. You killed me right there. <laughs> Got to do it up, man. And, and before we jump too quick, want to make sure, uh, mention, if you're looking for some Late Night Reds talk swag, head on over to latenightreds.merchmake.com, latenightreds.merchmake.com. All right, let's jump into it tonight. 7-0 Arizona Diamondbacks knock off the Reds. Slow down the big red platoon. Not really a big red platoon because they're all right-handed right now. Um, Reds still 17-14 and 14 in their last 31 games. Certainly playing much better than they were uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, let's just, you know, I, I don't I don't know if we need to talk too much about tonight's game. Let's just talk more about the, the positive, the 17-14, the and 14, um, the overall, you know, better better vibes that have been flowing. Carlos, what do you think about where your Cincinnati Reds are at this moment here on June 8th, about to be June 9th? 
it's probably about as exciting as it can get, right? You know, after the first, the way we started, they're playing like most people predicted, you know, right around 500 ball, losing some series that they should win, you know, winning some that maybe they shouldn't. But, um, you know, Joey's back to hitting the ball well. Uh, we got India coming back soon. The rookies, the way they're pitching. I mean, it's, it's a pretty exciting time right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in Votto, I mean, he, he's really, really hitting the ball hard. Had a great night tonight. Not all to show for it. I think he was one for four overall, but uh, hit, hit three hard, three hard hit balls, robbed of a home run. Ken, what's your kind of overall thoughts on on where the Reds stand right now in this kind of weird first two plus months of the season? Yeah, um, Votto got right. Votto still bangs, um, but it shows the lack of depth that they have when when you've got. Um, the lineup that they had tonight. So just without Drury, unfortunately, and without India and without um, some of the other guys, they just don't have the depth. And it showed by scoring zero runs off a guy that looks like Chris Elliott. Yeah, depth is uh, definitely a uh, little bit of a, a concern, you know, right now. I think it's going to get better here as, as we do kind of look here at the, the rehab assignments, India and Solano, should be back soon. Um, Max Schrock, Jose Barrero are going to probably get in the mix here soon. Um, that's four legit major league players, um, you know, that will be, you know, getting back into the mix. Um, Ken, what's your thoughts on kind of the, uh, the guys on rehab assignments? You know, how, how do you think uh, uh, they can kind of get back in the mix here? Um, the two most intriguing ones are Solano and Schrock. Um, Schrock had a very respectable 304, 342, 470 against right-handed pitchers last year um, in a decent sample size. So there's um, there's some something to be excited about there. Um, and Solano is weird. Looking at his career, he, he's 34 and a half, almost 35, but he missed two full years. And before that, he had a 76 OPS. But after that, since 2019, 2021, he's had a 112 OPS, so well above league average. So you you, you normally don't see that kind of resurgent that late in your career unless you're Barry Bonds, which he's not. But <laughs> just barely. Breaking news, Solano <laughs> is Barry Bonds. So... Um, get Solano coming back or getting into the lineup. And then India is the rookie of the year. So there's so much to be excited about such a young player and to get his energy and his speed and his, um, his bat back in the lineup. Um, hitting Barrero. I mean, I'm excited about his future, but what he's done, what I've seen isn't anything to be super excited about for this year. He had one breakout season in the minor leagues, but if you look at what he's done for his total professional career, there's not a lot there. His glove is outstanding. He had a breakout 2021 year, but he couldn't turn that into anything at the major league level. And now he's hurt. So while I'm again, I'm optimistic for the future. I just don't think we should count on him to be a savior this year. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a, such a high variance for for what he could do this year. I mean, I could see him, 
you know, come up and, and, and kind of show a lot of power and, and, you know, maybe not have that, that, you know, high on base or maybe low average, but still kind of be able to, you know, produce a lot. Um, I could see him just, you know, really, really struggling. Um, we've seen it all throughout baseball this year. So many of the the top prospects, um, I think Adley Rutschman of the Orioles, man, he's like the, the biggest prospect catcher the last 20 years. I don't, and he can't hit it all right now. So I mean, it's definitely an adjustment period. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, we'll see that Carlos, what's your thoughts on kind of some of the guys, um, you know, that are, that are coming back from rehab and, and, and how they'll, they'll kind of fit in. I'm just glad, you know, to, to see some guys coming back, you know, so we can have some depth that we're talking about here. Like those lineups that we're running out, man, those, that was pretty rough today. Um, but that's that's the main thing is is you know getting the depth in the team that you know that we're starting to enjoy to watch a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I think Schrock definitely could be a help. You know, the Reds really only have one legit big league left-handed batter right now on the roster, Joey Votto. I, mean, I don't really think TJ Friedel's a bona fide big league player. Um, that's just insane because the Reds were so left-handed batting dependent last year and now they're all right-handed and the reds you know i, I tweeted out earlier the reds uh uh have been the best team against left-handed pitching since may 1st that's just insane you know i i what a turnaround so solano i mean that was kind of why he was brought in was to be a um a good bat against left-handed pitches he's hit left-handed pitching really well the last like three years i think like a 129 way to runs created plus for the last three years something like that so, I mean, he'll, he'll be a nice player. I mean, I, I think Donovan Solano is obviously, I think, a better bat than Matt Reynolds, who's been very nice and done a really nice job. But I think Donovan Solano is a, a better player, and the, the Reynolds magic's probably going to wear off here a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was DFA for a reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think this lineup looks a lot different with Jonathan India. I mean, you put Jonathan India in this lineup, it, it, it makes the lineup a lot longer. Um, um, so, yeah. Uh, and then hopefully Drury and Sinzel, I mean, I know they were late scratches. Hopefully that's just, you know, more, you know, more precautionary, but you know, kind of the way, the way that this season's going. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Senzel just seems to have stuff popping up all the time tonight. It, it was a low back strain. So who knows how long that can linger if it's a, Sonny Gray or Nick Lodolo thing or he's out for a while or if it's just something that for like you said precautionary and then Drury was an Achilles I think so who knows what that is is that just again something he stepped wrong and he needed a day off or is that a week or is that two find out yeah um we'll get into maybe not too deep but we'll get into you know what the Reds will do with shortstop uh, maybe up until the trade deadline, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's let's go to something really fun though. Let's talk about Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft. Uh, Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft on Tuesday or no Monday and Monday and Tuesday, the first MLB team in modern era to have a rookie starter throw six plus shutout innings with no walks in back to back games. Uh, Green seven innings, one hit. The one hit was a bunt single. That that was the only hit he allowed. The, in the eight strikeouts, zero walks, just an incredible performance. Um, and then Graham Ashcraft, six innings, three hits, zero runs, 
zero walks, four strikeouts. Carlos, does it get any better than what we saw the the last two two nights from from these two rookie starting pitchers? I don't know how you how you can top that. I mean, <laughs> no matter who you're playing, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, it's promising. I mean, we all know based by now what we're going to get with Hunter Green. You know, we're going to get some dominant performances like this, and then we might get somewhere he doesn't make it out of the third or the fourth. But Graham Ashcraft, holy cow. I mean, keeping the ball in the yard, not walking anyone. And he's been more fun to watch for me lately, just seeing how crazy that it, he's throwing cutters at 100 miles an hour. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Like, I'm I'm so excited to watch him pitch on Sunday um, against the Cardinals. You know, that's going to be fun. Just, yeah, I mean, not walking anyone. Like, just, I mean, just, just the kind of poise to come up and, and, and throw strikes. And Green's done a pretty good job, too. Um, he's had a couple starts where he had a lot of walks, but he came up his first start through a lot of strikes. Lately, he's been throwing a lot of strikes. Um, man, I'm just, yeah, the... I don't know if you'd say enough. Ken, what's your what's your thoughts on these two guys? Green had a Green had a pretty bad outing in Milwaukee in early May. Um, I'm sure a lot of us a lot of us remember that. But since but going after that game, his ERA was 871, his FIP was 886, OPS against was over a thousand, his BABIP was 346. Um, just awful. Um, but since then. In the start since then, his FIP is 366, his ERA is 341, his OPS against is, is cut in half at 590, and his BABIP is, is down to 221. What that tells me is they aren't is they aren't making is when they make contract, he strikes out a lot of batters, but when they are making contract contact, it's not the mashing that they were doing early early in the year. He was giving up a lot of home runs, a lot of laser beams. Now he's he's got a lot of weaker contact. His ground ball to fly ball ratio is better. So he's he's 22, and, and he's making this kind of progress this early. It's really, really exciting. Yeah, I thought even the start in Boston, um, I, I still walked away. I mean, 22-year-old, I was impressed. I mean, Fenway Park, it's it's such a spectacular place. It's just such a – he did the same thing at Dodger Stadium, you know, going in there in his second start and just, you know, was second or third start and was was really dominant. Um, but that lineup just to carve them up the first time through and yet yeah, they, they made some adjustments, but that's a really, really good lineup. Um, man, I just, whew, I, well, he's 22. It got away from him. It, it's going to happen, especially in that environment against that lineup. His first time, um, in Fenway, um, yeah. it, it bothers me that they lost a game, but it, it doesn't bother me in the lifespan of, of Hunter Green. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, you, you look at Hunter Green. I mean, that's, he's, he's the kind of ticket, you know, he's, you know, I mean, I think he's, he's a guy that, that has a high variance as well. Um, You know, with, with, you know, is he going to be, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball or is he, you know, going to just be a a guy that throws hard that, that, you know, kind of, you know, who knows, but yeah. You you don't get a lot of a lot of players that could legitimately be the best pitcher in baseball, and Hunter Green could be that, and that's just that that's exciting. And the Graham Ashcraft, I mean, he 
absolutely looks like a legit big league, big league pitcher. Um, I was thinking he was probably more of a reliever, but you know what we've seen, you know, ride ride this train out as long as you can. Carlos, any other thoughts on on these fellas? I mean, it's hard to be too picky on them, but just their third pitch. I mean, they're going to have to get that um, develop that here. You know, hopefully they push that, even if it does mean more walks. Um, I'd rather see that and that chance of the growth through the year um, working on that pitch because you can't make your third pitch better without throwing it in the game. I'm, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't, they don't have enough time um, to rest their arms in between starts to work on it. So they've got to do it during a game. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about some of the, the other pitching um, guy. Definitely want to highlight. And I, I know he had a, he had a bad, um, outing over the weekend, but uh, he looked really impressive in Boston. He's been impressive all year as Alexis Diaz. I mean, man, this guy, uh, he looks like the real deal. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on on Diaz right now? Can you go first? Sure. Um, the comparisons to his brother Edwin are, are what's most intriguing to me. Um, I wasn't too familiar with him until, until last year, and I was like, okay, he's another young bullpen arm, but how many of how many of those have the Reds cycled through over the last how many years? Um, but comparing him to to Edwin Diaz and seeing what he's done so far, yeah, he had a down outing. Those are going to happen. Um, but to be as good as he's been this early is is exciting. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely looks like a a relief ace and, you know, for, for the Reds bullpen, you know, we had a lot of guys that, you know, we were kind of counting on and, and Sims has been hurt, but you know, it's been a lot of, you know, underperformance. Sessa struggled at times. Art Warren struggled. Tony Santion has been pretty good, but kind of a mixed bag at times. So yeah, I mean, Diaz has really, really stepped up. Carlos, what do you think about, about Diaz? He has, he's been really impressive throwing strikes going right at, at right at hitters. It doesn't seem like any of the moments have been too big for him. Um, yeah, he, he had a bad outing, but I mean, every reliever is going to, uh, for the most part, but I mean, as far as like projection or anything like that, I, I'd say on a good bullpen, he's going to be a great, like seven inning guy, like on a, on a deep, on a deep bullpen. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the offense, which is, you know, played much, much better, uh, of late. Uh, leading the way is 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 Tommy Pham, uh, an expected weighted on base average. Uh, Brandon Jury has been been great as well. Um, Red's really missing Tyler Naquin right now. I mean, I think that's that's a big one just just because of how right handed they are. Um, Kyle Farmer, we'll get to him here in a minute, but he has just been incredible. Uh, I I can't believe how good he just continues to play. Um, and then, yeah, Tyler Stevenson and, and Joey Vada really swinging the bat well. Um, Ken, what kind of stands out to you from the offensive side of the ball right now? At Votto's resurgence is amazing. Um, Fam's actually been better than I expected, and, and so is Brandon Drury. Um, I expected Fam to be um, a starter or so top four or five, but to lead the team, that's – that's impressive, um, despite his off-the-field antics. Um, unfortunately, the Reds are 
unfortunately or fortunately for what they're doing, they're spinning straw straw into gold with people like Brandon Drury. I mean, can they really expect him to, to succeed like this all year? And when he goes back to the back of his baseball card, then what happens? When Kyle Farmer goes back to the back of his baseball card with his 650 OPS, what happens? Colin Moran, Matt Reynolds, I mean, I'm looking at the Reds and they have two or three or four major league hitters and a bunch of guys. They have Votto and Stevenson and India went healthy, but do we really trust Senzel? I mean, he had a lot of hype in the minors, but he hasn't done it at the major league level. And so they're holding together with straw and duct tape and I'll ride it out. If they can, if the pitching can come together, Mike Miner notwithstanding, they can win some games. Um, to Carlos's point from earlier, they're a, they're a little above 500 since um, they righted since they righted the ship in early May, and that's that's about where they live. And Carlos, who stands out to you, kind of offensively right now? Kyle freaking Farmer, baby. You know it. You already knew that answer was coming. I teach you. No, yeah, it, it's it's been nice watching him, you know, have a good little run since he made those adjustments with Barry Larkin. Um, I mean, and his adjustments were, were made right away. It seemed like from their conversation to the next game he played, I mean, it was a huge, huge difference, which is, is pretty awesome to see. Um, you know, Joey, just being Joey coming back, hitting everything hard everywhere. Uh, some pretty bad luck today for him. I mean, this whole week, really. Even though he's been tearing, um, tearing the cover off the ball, Tyler Stevenson, you know, he's an all-star right now. I mean, he's just got to do it for a couple of more weeks, and he's going to be the guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, Senzel, like Ken was talking about. I mean, whenever I saw that news today, it was it's not even like a shock anymore. It's just like, all right, okay, well, who's coming in now? And yeah. why is David Bell putting him in the same spot? Why doesn't he shuffle the lineup? Why why are we giving all the ABs uh to TJ Friedel? But yeah, man. Uh, I I I'm a David Bell fan. I just I do not understand. Like I understand like maybe, you know, you have to one scratch. You don't want to mess your whole lineup up. You just put him in there, but Friedel and Lopez one and two. I mean, this is like, <laughs> that, that's like Dusty Baker stuff right there. I mean, oh man, the the lead off to the game today was perfect. Oh, man. did you see it? No, I didn't. No. So he hits a a ball down the first base line as a chopper, and he doesn't run it out, and they call it fair. He's out. <laughs> was that Friedel? Yeah. Oh, really? He doesn't run it out of the box. It's a chopper. Comes back fair. Hmm. I was getting the kids to bed with uh, the late start. Yeah, just, lucky you. I, I don't. I, I. I don't. I don't get that. I mean, just move everyone else up. That farmer lead off. Votto second. Bam third. I mean, just at least give your three good hitters the most at bats. I, I don't. So yeah. what? What's the word on Colin Moran? I really. I do not understand why he is in AAA right now. When is he they, hurt? Uh, I think he's healthy. He was optioned. Uh, I better look this up. Maybe he is hurt. 
because I, I haven't even heard any reports on him or anything like that. He was he was straight option to to AAA, which was pretty shocking to me. I I didn't even know he had options. How old is he? Colin Moran played on the the sixth. He played on the first, second, fourth, fifth, and seventh for the AAA Louisville. Yeah, bad side. AAA. Yeah. How's I, he doing? How's how's he doing down there? I mean, Can't be good. He has, he has four hits. Four hits. <laughs> And a homer. Four damn hits. I mean, so 635 and, OPS in Cincinnati is exactly killing it. His stack has numbers, though. I mean, you know, uh, 331 expected weighted on base average. And, and he got a lot of at-bats against left-handed pitching, which he never should have. But Yeah, they faced it, it a just, lot of lefties it, it's just, the season. It's just wild. The Reds had, like, nothing but lefties the first month of the season, and now they have nothing but righties. It's like, can... Can the guys like at least like swap when they get hurt a little bit? Like mix it up a little bit. Don't all the lefties get hurt at once? Don't all the righties get hurt at once? I don't. Come on, guys, figure it out. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I, I don't understand Moran not not being on the roster right now. That one's kind of weird to me. I would be remiss if I didn't shout out to the epic, epic, obscure former Reds down at the bottom, the Taylor Motter, JT Riddle, yeah, and so I was gonna Ronnie say, Dawson, shout out Taylor Motter. Oof. Those. those Taylor Motter better be working for UPS right now. (laughs) Taylor Motter is going to be an all-time story. You know, like he was literally only called up for the Toronto series. Like that is. I was like, there's no way this guy's a professional baseball player. Where did they get this guy? I'd never heard of him. So that's just how desperate they were. (laughs) Let's jump into it, Ken. I, 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 we got some more discussion here. What is what is obscure former Reds? What's your definition of that? And, and does Taylor Motter have his own separate plaque? Oh, he's going down it in the pantheon of, of obscure former Reds. So um, it started. Um, I, I realized that that there are other accounts on Twitter that have done obscure former Reds. Um, I, I picked it up about five years ago. And it started with me and a buddy. We would just sit in at baseball games and whoever couldn't come up with one had to buy the next round of beers. So it was in the nineties. It was the, we, we would call back to the Raphael Landa stories and Paul householders and Pat Watkins. And, and then it, it matured to the Lance Davises and Elizardo Ramirez's and Brian Shackelford's. And then it, there's an endless supply, which is what makes it so great. Um, so to me, it's um, you were never a starter on a playoff team. Fan favorites don't really count. So I don't consider a um, a Chris Steins. Maybe he's faded in, in, into obscurity, but everyone, Chris Heisey, people loved Chris Heisey. And so he had so much um, fan favoritism that it takes him longer to fade it into obscurity. Um, but you have you have to have been on. You also have to have been been on the twenty five men roster. So people like Noe Ramirez um, don't count, even though I mentioned that because he pitched what, yesterday. Yeah. So, but some of my favorite ones are are John Courtright. Um, he had w- one major league appearance in nineteen ninety five. Never appeared again. Never never before. Um, 
Brandon Allen spent two days on the roster in 2012, but never appeared for the Reds and, and was DFA'd. Um, Todd Redmond. Um, Todd Redmond is is a trivia answer because in 2012, there are five starters, Cueto, Latos, Arroyo, Leak, and Bailey started 161 games. Todd Redmond started the back end of a doubleheader. And so they couldn't keep everyone on rotation and start. So they called Redmond up. I was the only there. pitcher, the only one of the, the only pitcher not to start. Um, but Ronnie Dawson and his three plate appearances and TJ Riddle and his four plate appearances are going to, are going to go down in obscure former Reds history. They've had some good ones this year. Um, Buck Farmer, Robert Duggar, Daria Moretti, Reaver San Martin, Philip Deal. I mean, this is bad seasons for the Reds are a good season for me. <laughs> Love it. Well, what, what a fun way to keep uh, keep keep the a baseball season fun yeah. and lively. I, I do have a small beef to pick with you. Because sure. you, you had mentioned some guys that were you called them obscure former Reds that were on the 1995 playoff roster. I feel like that has to be an exclusion. If you're on a playoff roster, you cannot be an obscure former Red. I mean, so again, my rule is they weren't starters on a playoff team. So, I mean, Herm Winningham has a World Series ring. He's probably an obscure former Red. Rolando Rooms is probably an obscure former Red. We can discuss Billy Bates because he scored one of the most famous runs in the Reds history. So maybe not. But, I mean, Mark Lewis with the Grand Slam is could be an obscure former Red. No, that's one of the all-time great Reds moments. I mean, that, that might be like the second or third greatest Reds moment of my lifetime. As sad as that but probably is. You're trying to tell me that John Cartwright is not an obscure former Red. Because he appeared for a playoff team. Mark Lewis isn't. There's no way Mark Lewis is. Great Indian third baseman, Mark Lewis. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, good stuff. Um, no, it's fun. It's fun. I love it. I love it. All right. We did yeah. get some questions. We want to kind of get through this, and then we'll we got a couple more oh, things. Oh, they're filling want. up the comments now. Luke Hudson, Jason. Um, I think it's supposed to be Jason Romano, not Jason Ramiro, but we'll give you half partial credit, Mr. Juan. Uh, so our, our, our guy trap Griffin, uh, I can't believe we didn't sign uh, Nick back lineup was on real last year when everyone was healthy. And I'm, I'm assuming we are referring, uh, Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos hasn't been that good this year. Um, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker, both negative wins above replacement right now. So this is kind of a good question that kind of leading to a topic. I did want to kind of look at. Let's start with Carlos on this. You know, how are you feeling here on June 9th about Winker and Castellanos? I mean, do you feel any different than you felt back in March? Feel the same? No, I I feel the same. Like, I don't like going back and looking on trades and, and tracking and seeing how those players are doing because it's totally different circumstances. They're, yeah. you know, their lives are, are, are totally different. You know, Winker living in the Northwest is way different than him living in Cincinnati where he's been his entire career. Like it's an adjustment. It's real. Like 
having to having to make that out there. I mean, so I, I don't like saying that. I, I really don't think he'd be hitting that if he was in Cincinnati right now. I really don't think he'd be hitting that bad. So for me, it no matter how the year plays out, even if a guy gets hurt, I'm I'm still not going to say yeah, and we we won that trade or anything like that. That's just just kind of how I view it. Kim, what about you? Well, if you told me one of Suarez and Winker, one was going to have a 130 OPS plus and one was going to have a 70 OPS plus, I would have gotten that dead wrong. Now, no way, no way. You, you yeah, you would have gone the way it's gone. Um, to Carlos's point, though, Cincinnati makes a lot of hitters look good. If you look at at Nick Castellanos's splits home and away last year, they were they were pretty stark, and Philly and Seattle aren't as friendly ballparks as as Cincinnati is. So um it's not it's not unexpected to see players leave Cincinnati and not hit as well. Now, do we see do we expect Nick to drop 200 points in OPS? Probably not. But um his road splits weren't that good and his time in Detroit wasn't that good. So what's the now we get back to what's the anomaly for Nick Castellanos? Is the anomaly his time in Chicago and Cincinnati, or is the anomaly his time in Philly? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't the Winker. I don't feel any differently about about Jesse Winker. I I don't think what he does really this year and next really makes a difference if that's a good trade or not. Um, I I think it's just you know I think some people are going to hate that the Reds. I think the Reds had no business extending Jesse Winker just with his injury history. Yep. I didn't think it made any sense. So I think it was, you can Absolutely hate them for that. getting ahead of, of that and you know, try and get some value while he still has it. I think it's, it's pretty plausible to defend either side on that. So that kind of is what it is. I definitely think the Nick Cassianos, you know, not signing. I think that contract's going to look pretty bad. I got to be honest. I think, I think year five, 20 plus million dollars, you know, not a not a very good defender. I I, I definitely think thirty. Given a thirty year old five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I I think the Reds are better better off spending their money on on pitching or premier uh, positions. You know, would that be like locking up Tyler Stevenson or or center field shortstop? You know, um, I, I just I think you can find you know. The, the corner bats at a little bit of a, you know, a better bargain than, than going into, you know, like Mike Moustakis, like look how bad that contract looks, you know, I just, I think the Reds are, are probably, you know, better off there, but all right, let's uh, look at the prospects. Carlos's favorite thing on the planet to look at uh, the late night Reds top prospect watch uh, the bird. <laughs> Got promoted to Triple A. I was really hoping Tim was going to have to say his last name, Tenerowich. I think. I think I, I think it's how you say it. The bird is what they call him. Not a top Tenerowitz. prospect. Tenerowitz. There you go. See, you're a prospect guy. Um, I read. Oh, oh, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, but yeah, what what a fun player. It'd be cool to see Ken. That could be a that could be a really good obscure former red if he, he finds his way on the big league club. And I think with this position flexibility, there's a good chance he, he finds his way on the big league club this year. If I can't pronounce it, he can't go on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, he has he has the bird. I mean, you know, he has sure. his whole his whole thing. So I mean, well, if he ke- keeps putting, if he can keep above a hundred weighted runs created plus with this lineup and what they've seen, they're gonna throw any um, slop against the wall and see what sticks. And it would not surprise me to see him up here by the end of July, especially yeah. as. Um, the Reds get some attrition on the roster via either more injuries or trades. I mean, would, would it surprise anyone if Tommy Pham wasn't a Red in August? No. Yeah. I, it would surprise you I mean, if he's a San Francisco Giant in August. That would be amazing. I would love it. Um, that would be an all-time. Yeah. Hey, uh, what's this bird nonsense? What are you talking about? That's what he goes by. He goes by the bird. I, I think... Chattanooga tweets out bird. I don't know. Bird is a word. Bird. Sure. The bird. All right. Brandon Williamson. He he pitched tonight. Um, I think he had a eh, mediocre start. Uh, But he didn't go well. Pretty well after a slow start. He had two starts where he he gave up five earned runs early in the year. Uh, But he's pitching well. He was supposed to be the the premier piece back in the the Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez trade. Uh, so nice to see him continuing to pitch pretty well. Um, he's probably a guy that we're going to see. Definitely, I would say, at least by next year. Um, Ken, you got any thoughts on Williamson? Yeah. Um, to your point a, a couple minutes ago, the the Winker-Suarez trade won't be graded by what they do in Seattle. It'll be, it'll be graded by what Brandon Williamson and Connor Phillips do. Um, if he turns into Nick Lodolo Jr., um, then um, people will forget about Suarez and and Winker quickly. Um, so I'm okay. excited. He had a really good May. You've got his you've got his numbers here. Um, my guess is that he came over and the Reds tweaked his mechanics. I have no insider information. This is just me spitballing, and it took him a few starts to get to get that down. But his May was really good. Um, Tonight's start notwithstanding, I didn't see it. I, I saw some tweets from from Reds fan Brandon. Um, shout out to him uh, that he struggled with his command. He had some walks and a hit by pitch. I didn't see the final numbers though, but I'm still high on him. Um, one bad start isn't gonna um, soil that. And Justin Dunn, I, I think it was reported today. He just started a. Uh, uh, throwing a bullpen. So he could maybe be in the mix at some point this year. As I'd well. forgotten he was returning that trade. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's just another guy, you know, another starting pitcher that has some he's upside. A guy. He's uh, a guy. He's not a dude. He's a guy. He's first round draft pick. So, um, mm. Hey, I, I'd be excited to give him a shot. You know, I, I, don't, sure. I don't, I don't know if he's going to over Mike minor. Absolutely. I don't hate minor. I don't. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Ellie, De La Cruz, Everyone knows about him. Uh, started out really hot, had a little cold, cold uh, spell, and uh, has been tearing it up. I just love that eleven home runs, twelve stolen bases, one fifty eight weighted runs created plus. Oh man, it it, it got we got to be patient with this guy, but my goodness, he he he's going to be a guy that that you're going to want to be at his debut, right? No. With every with every left-handed bat in the minors, the question is always going to be, can they hit left-handed pitching? 
um, how much, so that's my, his numbers are great and, and call me a skeptic. Um, I can't wait to see him. I'm super excited. And if his splits are even moderately respectable against left-handed pitching at his age, that's going to make me even more excited. Yeah. Yeah. But Jesse Winker never hit left-handed pitching in the minors. Um, or in the majors. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that that's, uh, I like that point point Ken on, on the David Cruz. That's uh, something. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to watch. Yeah. And then uh, Joe Boyle, um, want to definitely mention him. Not a high prospect, only number 27 in the red system, according to Pipeline, but just been incredible uh, at Dayton, 0.84 ERA, striking out a ton of guys, is walking a lot of guys. Uh, but again, this farm system is really rich on pitching, and that's exciting for me. And, and we've talked about it before, so I'm, I'm not going to exhaust it, but um, um I like what the Reds are doing with that. Hopefully they can kind of be like the Brewers where they're just dude after dude after dude. You just can call up and uh, um, that good. Ken, uh, we got a good question here. I'll just get your thoughts on this. Uh, Any other prospects that you're excited about maybe that we didn't mention here tonight? Oh, certainly. Um, We we hit on Connor Phillips. Um, He came over and has looked great as the player to be named later. Um, Chase Petty from um come back in the Sunny Gray trade, um, but the Reds have an interesting thing going on with shortstop. They have three very highly touted shortstops right in the line with Ellie De La Cruz. We've hit on on Jose Barrero, but also Matt McClain. Um, his batting average isn't great, but his his on base and his slugging are really really good. Um, he's a, um, a junior out of UCLA, um, drafted last year, recently, he's only 22, um, and he's, he's coming up fast. So it'll be interesting. Obviously they can't all stay at shortstop. Um, we've already seen Barrero in center field and, uh, De La Cruz is listed as a shortstop slash third baseman. So um, he could potentially pivot, but um, Matt McLean is is a guy that I'm super excited about. Yeah, McLean's probably my my uh, my top one as well. Uh, before we look at, at what's coming up, uh, let's real quick, as I know, there's been a lot of talk about this. What do you what do you think the Reds should do at shortstop here? Um, I'll, I'll start because I, I do have lots of this. I mean, Kyle Farmer's been a solid player for. He has a 100 weighted runs carried plus playing shortstop since the start of of 2021. What are his splits? I mean, he's been absolutely destroying left handed pitching. Um, and what's he done against right handed pitching? 574. It all it all do equals. We want to talk about Joey's numbers. Are we going to take him out too? It all equals 100. <laughs> <laughs> But again, when again, Kyle Farmer wins an MVP, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, all right, but but <laughs> but uh, but no, Kyle Farmer's played really, really well. Um, I I don't know. I, it it's really kind of a tough situation here. I mean, I think Kyle Farmer's going to get dealt at the deadline. I think there's going to be someone that's interested in him. His ability to hit left-handed pitching. Someone's going to need a guy that can play shortstop. Um, but Smokes the one, left-handed. 
The one thing you can't do is you can't just say, up. Oh, Ferrero's up. Bitch, this guy <laughs> not going to help us trade value, right? Like, you know, yep. so I don't know. I mean, I think I'd probably just keep riding out Farmer at this point until you get to the deadline. If you get to the deadline, you can't move him. Then it's a totally different situation. But I think I'd keep playing him. You know, when Barrero's ready, bring him up. Kind of have him mix around. I am totally of the school of thought of make these guys earn their spot in the big leagues. I'm kind of old school in that. Um, I don't like anointing guys. You play this position every day forever. I, I like kind of that competition. I think that's good. Um, Ken, what's your thoughts on <laughs> what the Reds should do here? Um, at least kind of up until the trade. Deadline. We're, we're only, we're less than two months away from the trade deadline. What should they do or what will they do? What what should? What should? I, mean, I think Oof. we know what they will do. <laughs> um, I would sit Kyle Farmer against most right-handed pitchers. I mean, his splits are 574 versus 1228. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I'd give Jose Barrero a whole bunch of at-bats. Um, now, what I'm not sure they should do is move him around. I don't think he's skilled enough at center field. If he's going to play center field, put him there. Um, if he's going to play shortstop, put him there. But <laughs> it's a great comment. Um, sorry, distracted by that. Well done. So, but to your point, if they if they start sitting Farmer every day, but what kind of prospect is Kyle Farmer really going to bring back? He's not going to bring back a top. 100 major league prospect. He's not going to bring back a top 10 system prospect. Is he? I would probably mean if I'm, I mean, it's a blind guess. I'd probably say maybe somewhere in like that 20 team prospect range. So, I mean, so I'm not worried about hurting a value of a guy who's not going to bring back a great prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me to see, Barrero optioned um, until Farmers dealt that they did it with Senzel. They kept him in the minors last year because they weren't happy with his hitting. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see that with, with Barrero. Carlos, what's your thoughts on this pressing matter? Carlos, what's your thoughts on what the Reds should do? Keep them, you know, keep riding out as long as you can. Um, if Barrero's starts hitting well down there, bring him up. Um, I think they're going to move both of them around. I think they probably end up giving the majority of starts to Kyle Farmer at shortstop. Um, but Barrero needs big league at bats. Um, he needs to find find a spot I mean, because you know all I hear is how great he was defensively, and people just you know are going based off what they see on paper. But last year. I mean, there were so many times that he could have had some errors, but he was bailed out a lot. You know, I know that happens for a lot of people, but, you know, he, he was pretty shaky defensively last year, and the numbers didn't show that. Um, but, I mean, Kyle Farmer, if they can get rid of him, that's probably the best thing at the trade deadline, um, whether if, if it brings a 15 to 25 prospect back. I mean, it's better than nothing. Um, and... You know, the sixth ranked prospect and the fifteenth ranked prospect and the twenty fifth ranked prospects—they're all the same. Like, 
people are just making these lists up. They're guessing. <laughs> it's the same people that make up the stupid um, drafts. Like how many first rounders make it to the big leagues and how many of them stay there? Like, yeah. I mean, people are wrong about these lists all the time. That's why it's, to me, it's so tiresome to listen to it because nobody at the big league level cares what, what prospect number you are. David oh, Bell doesn't man. care. Like yeah. the GM does not care where you are. Their lists are the lists that matter. And we don't see those lists. These are just made up lists by everybody who wants to agree on what their minor league numbers are. So Damon, I went on a tangent about. No, that's good. Um, well, let me ask this question then. Name the last Reds prospect that they traded away that turned into something great. There's not many. I mean, they, they have not. Yeah. I've they got one, but it goes back almost 30 years. They traded BJ Ryan for Juan Guzman in 1995. Oh, BJ. And I can't think of one since. Yeah. BJ I mean, Ryan turned into an elite closer for the, for the Blue Jays. I mean, look at like the top ones that they traded away, you know, like Taylor Trammell, um, shed long, you know, I mean, yeah. they, they haven't, they haven't whiffed on, on, on that, on those. Justin Turner's one, but Justin Turner, that's kind of such a because he was bounced mm. around, he bounced around so much yeah. before. Look at look at Turner's Turner's career. I'm I'm gonna balk on that because Turner was DFA'd by the Orioles after he was with the Reds. He was traded by the Reds to the Orioles for Ramon Hernandez. The Orioles DFA'd him. He retooled a swing in New York and started and started kicking butt in New York. Then Signed as a free agent with LA, maybe. Yeah, I think. But so. I mean, he was. Yeah, he wasn't this great prospect that that was so tough to lose because the Orioles didn't want him either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but you know, hey, I'm all about stockpiling prospects. TJ Anton was around that that twenty to thirty range at one point. Hey, you never know what you can, you know what you can get up. All right, before we get out of here, let's look at what is coming up on the schedule. Reds are going to wrap up with the Diamondbacks tomorrow. Uh, then a, a fun series uh, against the Cardinals. Reds are going to have Castillo, Green, and Ashcraft. They're uh, three best starters, baby. I love that's it. That's awesome. I, I, I don't know about Tyler. Tyler Rally. I mean, it's. It, I'm on. I'm on Team Carlos on that one. Those are the three best starters right now. Those are the three most exciting starters to watch right now. Best, best, and, and best. Got him. Got him. Uh, and then more Arizona Diamondbacks. Why do the Reds always like play the Diamondbacks like seven times in like two weeks? Like <laughs> they ever spread it's the same thing last year. I really uh, get it over with. Ugh. Yeah, I think they played him in April and went zero and seven against them. So at least they won one. Two and one with the game tomorrow is nice. They were one and six last year. Oof. And then here, here, if you're watching, is the uh, the schedule. Uh, these Diamondback games. I mean, the other words done pretty well. Two and one. You know, these are the games you need to capitalize because it, it's going to get pretty tough with Brewers, Dodgers, Giants. Braves, Mets, Tampa Bay, Yankees, Cardinals, Cardinals, all the way up to the All Star break. Uh, so, um, yeah, at least, at least, hopefully, fingers crossed. When the Reds kind of go through this next gauntlet, um, be a little more healthy than they were in April, um, a little more exciting. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to go out and, you know, uh, you know, play well above 500 ball against us, but hopefully they can at least, you know, be competitive in these series and, um, you know, build a little bit more into the future. Carlos, any final thoughts before we wrap the show up here at 1238 Eastern on Thursday morning? Nope. I'm tapped out. I don't have nothing. I ain't got nothing. Ken, it was a pleasure having you on. Any other final thoughts? Shout out where the, the folks can find you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a blast. Um, I always love fucking Reds. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at ObscureXReds. The handle is there. Um, and I tweet analysis, opinion. They're wrong. I, I'm always up for discussion. But um, the tidbits of Reds cameos and Reds killers and, and obscure former Reds are awesome too. It keeps it light. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Absolutely, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely do it again in the future. Hopefully not. Please do um, a late night one, but uh, <laughs> that's our uh, name. Yeah, I mean, I that's like true. the late. I, I love. I, I I do every show at midnight, but uh, you know, teach their own. Well, uh, to Tim, uh, hope you're having a good nap, bud. You son uh, of a. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't uh, uh, butcher the show too much tonight. Hey, first round of beers are on Tim. Yeah. Whenever I'm coming up. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, be sure to follow at Late Reds on, on Twitter, Instagram, and the world famous now on TikTok. Uh, make sure you are subscribed on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. As always, we are presented by Bet Online as part of the Believe Podcast Network. Look forward to seeing you next week. Go Reds.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.